welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we talk about Blizzard and its games. I'm Matt Rossi, I'm the host, and with me this week are two just fantastic co-hosts. They're like if you had co-hosts. Yeah, so today I'm not doing a lot of metaphors, sorry. I just, I, I bit my cheek and don't want to do them. Uh, first up, though, I'll introduce her first because she does practically everything for the site and is our editorial leader and she's great. So, there you go. And it's her uh, birthday. It's It's your birthday today? I thought it was last week. No, it's today. Oh, that was Liz's that was last week. Yeah. Okay, well, happy birthday. Hi. I, happy birthday to me. <laughs> this is Anne. It's her birthday. Uh, so since it's your birthday, talk about whatever you want. Um. Uh, oh, the, now I'm braying out the window. Um. <laughs> happy birthday. I, I gave you pressure. <laughs> what have I been doing the last week? Let's see. Did the new dungeon. The new dungeon is great and probably my favorite so far in Legion. Which is saying a lot, but I really like what's there and I like the implications of what's there. And none of it actually directly contradicted any of the tinfoil hat theories that I currently have kicking around, so there's that. Um, Got a flying mount out of a fell egg. That was pretty great. And it's my birthday. I don't know. I, I I went around this morning and I picked up my birthday freebies. So I got like free coffee and stuff from Ulta and Sephora. And it's makeup, and you guys just don't care. So <laughs> let's introduce the other person. I'm sure there are people who do care listening, though, because I, I know that whenever they uh, had the um, the Black Phoenix Alchemy Lab stuff, I knew people would be like, all over me on Twitter, like, ooh, tell me about it. I'm like, I don't know anything about it. Black but Phoenix I, Alchemy Lab has good stuff. I have some yeah. of their, some of their scents. One year when I couldn't go to BlizzCon, somebody from there sent me like a huge box of their stuff, and we still have a bunch of it. So Oh, yeah. No, they... they there was one year when we were still WoW Insider where they showed up at the WoW Insider party and they had a bunch of like the little sample mini things and they were giving them away at the door to everybody that came in. And yeah, I got a couple of those. Um, I actually, the stuff that I have, I have a bottle of some stuff that's called Morocco and it smells like, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It smells really good. <laughs> also smelling really good. Mitch, what have you been up to this week, Mitch? Oh, thanks. You noticed. Um, I, it's I, very hard for me to notice all this way, but I'm glad you did. Anyway, you know, you've been rock, uh, doing like rock climbing stuff, and that means you smell good. That's just how it works. Oh yeah, it's that the the rock smell musky. It's a good one. It's it's a good yeah. I got that. <laughs> Mitch Mitch Musk coming to a store just, near you. Just coming to an ultra near you. And tripped in with musky there, just killed me. Well, we're tying we're tying it all together. You can buy Mitch Musk at Ulta or Sephora in the coming weeks. And that's not actually true, but you know, it works. It's smelling good. What have you been up to? Uh, I actually transferred to a PvP server this week or last week or this weekend at some point. How come? Um, friends play on the server, and they have a raid team that I can you know, at least make part of the time, um, which is nice. But I want to be on the safe server as them and join their guild and all that stuff. I've never been on a PvP server before, though. So I was be... just wondering if you like hated yourself. Well, yeah, but that's not why. You know, I played on a I played on a PvP server in Mists for a while, um, and it actually wasn't too awful. Like, but then again, I was a prot warrior, so yeah. people would jump me, and I would just kind of like make it very hard for them to kill me until they got bored and go away. See, the thing that I really hate, and this has everything to do with Shadow and nothing to do with you know PvP realms by their nature, but if you know if you're on Argus or wherever and you're killing a rare or an elite or whatever for a world quest. And, you know, there's someone of the opposite faction nearby. There's sort of like, you know, sometimes they'll go straight for you. But a lot of times, as far as I've seen, it's just been sort of like an implied agreement. Like, all right, we'll, you know, kill this together. And then, then maybe we'll kill each other. Or then maybe we'll go our separate ways. But because of the way Shadow AoE works, where if you have Shadow Word Pain on the target... Every time you cast Mindfully, it duplicates oh, the damage. Oh, it's going to hit him every so time. It, it, yeah, so I either don't use Shadow Word Pain, or I don't use Mindflay, which, you know, Mindflay's my filler. Um, and I'm Or you for the... forget, because let's yeah. be honest here, you forget and you use it anyway. Yeah, exactly, but I end up hurting them. I'm like, sorry, sorry, I'm not, you know, trying to do this, but I, you know, it's, that's my complaint about Shadow AoE. Game, the game knows what I really wrong. shouldn't poo-poo PvP servers because I did play on a PvP server for a while in vanilla. I had a Twink Rogue and I had a friend who had a Twink Warrior and we terrorized Stranglethorn Vale like you would not believe. It was great. <laughs> that's I a good zone to terrorize. <laughs> I would believe it because there was somebody doing very similar to South Shore back in the day. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, my wife and I. Yeah, we didn't mess I, with South Shore. Well, we, we didn't care about South Shore. We just we just roamed the jungles of Stranglethorn Vale and made everybody's lives miserable. We no, weren't even were, max level. <laughs> no, there were there were there was a horde, two horde characters, a druid, and a, I don't remember what the other one even was anymore. Probably a hunter uh, in their mid fifties that would like hang around um, South Shore to jump people who were on their way to. Uh, so, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to go to South, you went to South Shore, so you go to to uh, Scarlet Monastery, if you were Alliance. That was the only way to get there. And uh, so he would jump people on their way out, and he would kill the quest givers, and just generally be a pain in the butt. And he killed us a lot because we was you know, we were in our mid thirties trying to get to Scarlet Monastery. When we got to level sixty, and he was still there doing it in his mid fifties, he didn't get to sixty because uh, he, you know, there's not a lot of experience in ganking people on their no, way out of. There's not. <laughs> so we. Spent a day murdering him over and over again until he swooped on his lines. Like, why would you stop killing me? We're like, <laughs> that's um, okay. When, when we're having our revenge. To, when you've gotten someone to log on to with the opposite faction, that's how you know you've made it in PvP. That's when you've won. <laughs> why would you stop killing me? Because I hate you. What, was, wasn't it clear? <laughs> I, I wanted you to know that. I, I really hate you. Do you remember the time? No, of course you don't remember the time because you do this to everybody. But I was trying to get my axe at the Scarlet Monastery and you killed me like six times, man. No, this is I'm going to be doing this, this payback. <laughs> we ended up actually being having a perfectly friendly chat, but it was, all you know. I remember, all I remember from that particular area was on my Horde character doing the Halcular quest was amazing. Because oh, at that yes. point in time, when you spawned him in the graveyard, he was this really ponderous thing, and he would terrorize South Shore. Like, he would rip worst through part, people before they nerfed he, him. People would get the uh, guards and NPCs involved, and he'd kill them? Yeah. Like, no, he, he was, was, he he was, was legit. <laughs> they, would, they would plan raids around that quest. Like, that's how strong he was. It's like, all right, someone's about to turn in Helcular, let's go raid South Shore. Yeah, it it was bad. It was very. It was very... great. It was a really fun quest until they nerfed it. And once they nerfed it, I went on one of my other alt characters and got all the stuff on my horde character and took her all the way out there and spawned him at the graveyard. And he like walked three steps and fell over. And I went, <laughs> "What? What happened here? Come on! He used to be good, but yeah, he's not good anymore. He's just there." I don't even uh, that quest doesn't even exist anymore. I don't think. Uh, it or is has there like a variant the rod, of it? It has like the rod giveth and the rod taketh, or something like that. You have to use his rod. There's, yeah, yeah, but there's, there's nothing in South Shore, so it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, but, there's I mean, there's in South Shore. There's a lot of he did so. He did make an appearance during the Legion invasions. Yes, he did. And he was awesome. Oh. You, yeah, he was the announcer dude. Who... Even if you, even if you didn't, if you don't like Horde, if you've never played Horde, it doesn't matter. In that one moment, Helcular's little speeches as you'd go attack things, let them see the fury of our rage. It's like, oh god, Helcular, I yeah. want you to lead. He's good. He's good. He, he was awesome. But all right, um, we should probably talk about them pesky top stories because one dropped today that was reasonably big. Um, the long-awaited Junkertown map is now live in, in Overwatch. In addition to that, they finally dropped a couple of reasonably big changes to some heroes. The uh, long-awaited D.Va change, where she loses her defense matrix duration. It's cut in half, but she gets micro-missiles. That change went in. The Radical Mercy redesign went in, which is something one of you guys is going to have to describe because I'm not familiar enough with it uh, to actually She doesn't mass res anymore. She's got a Valkyrie valkyrie suit and she can fly and things like that um so it's it's quite a bit different um i believe her resurrect is basically she can resurrect people one at a time it's there's no more mass res so that makes me sad it makes me sad i think she's also more combat oriented now too she is she is but the thing is is it's like I don't know. That was part of the charm of Mercy, though, where where it was like yeah. your whole team died all around you, and the other team thought that they won, and just at the last pop- possible section, second, like she popped the ult, and everybody popped up, and it was just a bloodbath, and it was amazing. So yeah, I'm kind of sad. It, that they it was got a rid of little, that. little overpowered in the right circumstances. It was kind of OP, yes, but at the same time, it made playing Mercy really fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, there are people who are saying that she's just as fun, if not more so, with the new abilities and things like that, because the Valkyrie thing is really cool. You can fly around of your own accord, and she is a little bit more combat-oriented, so she does have a little more oomph to her, but 
I don't know. I just, I, I liked the original iteration of Mercy. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. People seem to one be okay change, with it, though. The one change that I noticed, because when I, the few times I've actually been able to play Overwatch, which is not very often, um, for one thing, I have significant eye problems playing it, but uh, I've played Reinhardt. And they've yeah. finally allowing Reinhardt to, to turn the camera when he's using his particle barrier. Yes. Now, you, you guys, that doesn't sound like a lot. It is a me, lot. It's a huge annoyance when you drop that thing and then you're just stuck there and you can't even turn. You have you no idea what's going on around you. Yeah, there's no peripheral. There's no anything. You can't see what you're doing. So that's kind of nice that they did that. I mean, as far as Mercy's new ult goes, she can fly, yes, but there's also a bunch of other stuff wrapped in up in with that. Uh, the staff ability that she's got, it affects all allies near the targeted teammate instead of just the targeted teammate. And then her blaster has like infinite ammo and increased speed the guardian angel has increased range and movement speed her resurrect is the cooldown on that is instantly reset when valkyrie is activated so if you res somebody with her resurrect ability and then pop your ult you can resurrect somebody else immediately it's not the same thing as a mass res but you can get a couple of them off pretty quick there um she also has you know she's able to fly increased movement speed and then her regeneration is no longer interrupted when she takes damage so it really is it's like a new it's a it's a powerful ult to have it's just i don't know i always found the mass res i thought it was really flashy and really cool looking and just really effective so yeah the, the mass res is definitely a, was a strong ultimate i do think there's some validity to the criticism that it was a very you know if you don't have any reason to res your whole party then your ultimate just sits there yeah. And I get that, but it's like if you look at the the thing they did with Diva, it's it's a smaller redesign, but for sure, but it's a similar kind of idea where they wanted to make the defensive aspect less important. They made her defense matrix last less so you know, it was about half the duration so that you you're not constantly trying to like you know defend everybody you're actually getting out there and mixing it up and i think they wanted that for mercy as well. I know some people don't like it and i get that and i feel like, you know, it's valid if players are used to how Mercy played and they, they made that their thing, and there are players who did, um, they're obviously not going to be happy. You know, now you don't have that thing, and it's there gone. There was just That's... something iconic about her raising her, you know, smacking her staff down, and then there's, like, pillars of light, and then all of a sudden, oh, my whole team is alive again. That was me, you know? I mean, it was just, there was something really satisfying about that. But that's okay. That's okay. I The new stuff that they've given to Mercy, I think it'll play out okay. And I think, like I said, people seem to be reasonably happy with it. And they're happy with the fact that Mercy's got a little more oomph and pew-pew than she had before. So I, I love the pew-pew from Mercy. Like her, yeah. When you kill someone with her gun, it's very satisfying. Speaking of pew-pew, uh, Diva's new ability is micro-missiles. And she fires a barrage of little rockets that detonate on impact. And oh. that one's pretty fun, too. Yeah. Apparently, it's reasonably good damage. It is, and a, they can be fired. I was watching a video. Yeah, they can be fired when she's using any other ability or firing or fusion cannons. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah, so they're, like, pretty lethal, and that looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, basically, those designs went in. There was a ton of bug fixes, which I looked at briefly, but none of them stick out as huge. Uh, Junkertown itself, however, is also now live, so you can go and do the, the Junkertown escort, which is a variant on the regular escort type stuff. It's it's not, you know, the usual. So that's cool. Um, if you wanted to see Junkertown, now is your chance. Uh, it's there. So that happened today. Yep. Also today, the... Um, we Not today, but the PTR... When was the Heroes PTR? Was it yesterday? Yesterday, yesterday yeah. it came out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anna is on the the Anna Amari is on um, playable on the Heroes PTR, and uh, she's got an interesting kit. I was actually looking at it because I was like thinking about actually trying to play it. We actually it, we I, didn't we didn't cover because Volskaya was announced last week. Like after it's, we did it's the on last the PTR show. as well. Yeah, yeah, but it was announced after we did the last show, so we should probably talk about that. Hey guys, guess what? New map in Heroes of the Storm and two new heroes. Although Anna's the only one that's coming out immediately. And a Junkrat's there too. Junkrat was in the trailer, and he's going to be coming out eventually, which is great because I'm sorry. Junkrat's one of those heroes where <laughs> when I think of Heroes of the Storm, I'm like, yeah, Junkrat should be in there. <laughs> it was interesting too. Be as annoying as I, was, I was actually interested not just that Junkrat's in there and play, will be playable eventually because, you know, that's. Uh, they even show him using the tire in the, the cinematic. Yeah. So. yeah. 
But the, I was interested in the Varian skin because it looked actually like it looked like an Overwatch character. Yeah. Like I could imagine some Overwatch guy who does all that. That could be an Overwatch dude. If they announced like Russian commander, like, you know, hopefully you'd have a better name. But if they announced <laughs> some dude like who came out with two swords and did that stuff, I wouldn't be surprised. Captain was, Russia. You know, Bear Man. I don't know. But the, that was cool. The the Diva skin, though. Oh, the Diva skin. Yeah, oh, there's a the, diva, the... diva skin that it's a Deathwing skin. And it's so appropriate. It's a total troll. I I could totally imagine her though. I could imagine her cosplaying Deathwing at one yeah, point in time or the, another. I'm I'm sorry, she's a nerd, so that that's something that she would legit do. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but the the skin itself, for those who don't know, is a kind of a trolley response to uh, when Genji I think was being teased, either Genji or Diva. Um, it was when Diva was. Being it was teased. yeah, it was when Diva was being teased. There was like they put out a teaser for the teaser the, i guess yeah it wasn't the Han- uh, i remember it was the hanamura was, map yeah it was the hanamura map and and diva and they put out something that was claw marks and everybody and was, was like, like oh those are deathwing death claws yeah no so, it was diablo deathwing <laughs> death is something that i think they've also like it's one of those things that's been on the like oh blizzard you know announced death or not announced but showed deathwing was going to come to the game like you know that when the game was in pre-alpha or something like that so everybody expects him at some point but everyone's like oh my god Deathwing, 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 and it was Diva. So they're like, "Oh, it's just Diva." So Blizzard added a Deathwing skin for Diva. I remember that because some people were like, "Oh, it's just Diva," and other people were like, "Oh God, I'd much rather have Diva." So it was yeah. definitely a, uh, if nothing else, um, though this skin is really good. Uh, it's quite frankly, Diva looks better as Deathwing than Deathwing does. But I, can I we yeah. talk oh, yeah. for a minute about the Volskaya map because the Volskaya oh, map sure, yeah. looks so much more. Inter- I mean, okay. When they announced Hanamura was coming to Heroes of the Storm, I was like, yes, they're putting Overwatch maps in, in Heroes. This is going to be great. And then and no one has ever liked it. We played it. Well, we played it when we were doing our little test of Heroes yeah, thing. I don't so remember could... it. I do. It was really boring. It, <laughs> it, it was. I mean, it's we were so... playing, to, to be fair, we were playing against AI, so it wasn't going to be super exciting to begin with. But It's, it's about the same. <laughs> even then, it, it just, there wasn't, I was I was really excited by the the idea of it and the way that they described it, but then actually playing through it, I was like, oh, well, never mind. I guess I'm not excited about this anymore. The maps, the maps I remember, though. The, the, the maps I remember when we did when we did that. I remember the like Aldum like place. Yeah. I remember the Piratey Cove, but I've never remembered Hanamura. You bring it up all the time, and I'm like, did we do Hanamura? You're like, yeah, we did. I'm like, I don't remember it. So, I think yeah. I think the Pirate Cove was my favorite. Um, uh, Blackbeard, yeah, Blackbeard's Bay. Uh, that one was my favorite, followed by the what's it called, Tomb of the Spider Queen or whatever it is. Yeah, Tomb of the yeah. Spider Queen. Yeah, I liked that one. I thought that one was a lot of fun too. Um, those two were my favorites, and I really wanted to like Hanamura, and then I just didn't. Um, they re- they've even I believe they've removed Hanamura from yep. the regular rotation. I don't I think know from everything. I I I don't know if they're giving it a revamp you can still use or it. what. You can use you can it still in use custom. It in custom, that's it. Yeah, you can use it in custom, but that's it. And I'm wondering if they're going to give it a revamp, like they gave. Uh, which one did they give a revamp? They took one out. Entire... Haunted Minds. Yeah, Haunted Minds. I'm wondering if they're going to give it a revamp, a la Haunted Minds, and bring it back and have it hopefully be better. I'm hoping for that because I, I think it was disappointing. <laughs> but Volskaya, Volskaya looks endlessly entertaining. I'm sorry, <laughs> like like the uh, just just uh, the shots of the map in action looked really interesting because it's obviously part of the appeal of the Volskaya map in Overwatch is that you've got all these moving platforms like the upper platforms and you can ride them around and stuff and shoot people while you're in motion that kind of thing um, and it's just kind of a fun 3D landscape to play in and I'm like how is that possibly going to translate though to Heroes of the Storm because Heroes of the Storm isn't so much about the whole mobility thing you know um, they've got what are they calling them? They're like conveyor belts or treadmills. Yeah, treadmill slash conveyor belt type things. Okay, so the treadmills kind of go around the points and, and there's like two of them side by side, three of them side by side by side. I don't know. While you're on the treadmill, you travel with the treadmill. 
and you travel so in the direction of the treadmill. So if you're attacking somebody and you're on the treadmill, you can attack them like from at range and you'd be constantly in motion going around the treadmill. Or, you know, if you run with the treadmill, obviously you get a speed boost because you're traveling from point A to point B faster. I mean, try walking They're, really fast on one of those airport they, treadmills. You know. Yeah, they also mentioned like Medivh's portal is going to move around the treadmills. Like yeah. objects placed on them will move. Yeah. Which I would probably include mines and a sergeant hammer <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah so it's it looks really cool and there's also you know a two-person mech like that's the that's objective yeah. goal win like if you yeah, win the I, objective that's what you get they dropped that in the uh cinematic and i'm like was wondering how they're gonna make that work in the game yeah it's 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 a two-person mech two people get in it correct and yeah. if you're playing something like Cho Gall, I think like the other person that whoever's playing the other character, they just hang out. I'm not. I don't think they get control of anything. Uh, they yeah, were talking about the mechanics of how it worked with with characters that actually played with two people, that kind of thing. Um, and they have put thought into that when they were creating these things. So the mechs look awesome. Um, and beyond the, that, the capture points are, I mean, kind of new, kind of old, like little of each they're yeah. like they are an overwatch where there's an overtime mechanic a, yeah there's an overtime mechanic for one but you also have to get them to 100 percent. it's not like um the other like dragon shrines or um what's the other one the braxis holdout i think yeah where uh, you can just charge it yeah. a little bit and then come back and charge it a little more yeah if an enemy and if there's one person you know in there it's not going to keep charging yeah so if you get to 99 percent and an enemy comes in there they can, you know, wipe out your whole team and then get it to 100% on their side and steal it. So it's it's just like it is in Overwatch, like how capture points work over time and everything. Yeah, and I think that that's great. I think that that works I pretty well too. for a hero's map, and I'm really interested in seeing, especially how this plays in, like, tournaments, tournament play and stuff like that. I hope that we oh, yeah. see them <laughs> in the tournaments. Um, I would love to see that in play at BlizzCon when they do the finals and stuff. I would love to see Volskaya make an appearance there. Uh, I believe, is it this week that they're doing, they're doing like a demo stream? Oh, that's right. I think uh, one of, or two of the teams are facing each other. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I think and it's, it's Gale like Force a... and something else possibly. Can't yeah, remember. Yeah, and it's just kind of like a demonstration of the map. They get to play with the map and everything. Um, yeah. That looks fascinating to me. Obviously, all of this is already, it's on the PTR, so it's playable. You can go play it now if you want to. Um, have you played it at all yet, Mitch? Uh, I've tested Ana out, and how is I was... Ana... that's what I wanted to ask you about. Is well, I've, how I've is Ana like playing? The, in the mode. Um, it was only in try mode, just to okay. kind of see what her abilities look like. Uh, but it was she seems cool, and her like I tried Eye of Horus just to see how it works, and you can explain that aim... Eye of Horus is the one where she takes a stationary position, and she can aim a shot anywhere on the map. Uh, it's just a straight Wait, line. Anywhere? Anywhere. Like, it's a. I was in the uh, the starter, like, where your base is, essentially. Right. Um, and it's the first either hero or structure hit, like, hero, ally, or enemy. And she gets, like, eight shots or something like that. Um, but she takes a stationary position. She has, like, one of the, you know, aiming target, the, the lines. The reticle you know, the things. Lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but on the line is a little, it's actually like a target reticle, like the, you know, a crosshair. Right. And it will show you what you're going to hit. So you don't have to necessarily find, like you don't have to be moused over the enemy hero to know you're going to hit them. You can take your position, aim the line, you know, up and down while you're still focused on Ana's position, and it will show you what you're going to hit, which is which I thought was really cool. And it also does kind of like when you get in the medivac ship for Sergeant Morales, it does... Um, like you get like a full screen effect like around you, like she's aiming through glasses or something. That's so crazy. yeah, that that one sounded really cool. But also her, um, the other one is the stim pack or stim drone or whatever or stim pack. I can't remember. Stim drone is Morales, but it's just like it works in Overwatch. And there was a video of someone using it on Genji, and he was able to use his like uh, dragon blade like tons of times in a row. I mean, there was like a a two level lead on his side and they were low, but it was just, it was like maybe 10 dragon blades or something in a row. It was insane. That's, um, cause that's that absolutely reduces, nuts. Yeah, It reduces the hero's cooldowns that you use it on. In addition to, 
uh, I think regeneration and some other stuff, but their cooldowns are reduced. So you can use his ultimate because it's, you know, he gets like three or four slashes and usually I think. So it's like but the nano boost it, thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nano boost. Stim, stim drone, stim pack, whatever is okay. uh, Morales. But yeah, it's, she seems really cool. Uh, she's a skill shot hero though, which um, I think is the first healer with all skill shots, but I think that's also very cool. Um, I think she's going to be a lot of fun and we'll see decent competitive play. Does she have the sleep dart ability or no? Yes, she does. does. She has sleep she dart. Oh. Yeah. Skill shot as well, but it's it's fun. I, I was playing in the uh, the try mode with cooldowns off and I just I continually kept Arthas asleep, which is what happened uh, in one of the brawls in Overwatch. So basically what change- I'm hearing is that she's really super powerful and really super fun and they're probably going to nerf her within like the first week of release. Yeah, I, actually I mean, know. they might nerf her, but then again, she actually is really dependent on being able to do a shot. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. True. She's got a, she's going to have a high skill cap. Kel'Thuzad like, got nerfed and he he still has a skill cap, but like he was pretty strong across the board no matter what your skill. Ana's yeah. going to be a little well, I mean, I, I haven't played her. But one of the things I noticed when they were talking about it was that their advice on how to deal with Ana is simply to chase her. Like if you're chasing her, she can't do anything. Yeah, she. Oh, that reminds me. Because if you're she close range, an, you can't really do much. She does have an increased range on her auto yeah, attack. Yeah, she does have an, a, a longer range on auto attack, and she can stack Shrike with it. Uh, Shrike is her poison ability. But in general, she can't do any of their healing, and she can't heal herself. Uh, with the grenade, I think she can. She can use the biotic grenade, but she can't use her. Uh, I mean, healing that's shot. yeah. It's it's pretty much the same kit she has in overwatch so there there is i mean i think they probably will adjust her a little bit because her grenade's crazy like it not only does it heal it buffs and it debuffs the enemy at the same time if you throw that grenade into a group it'll hit like all the enemy players will take damage and get out debuffed that blocks healing for like a couple seconds while your people will get healed and buffed so it it is a pretty significant ability yeah she sounds really cool I'm excited, and, you know, I don't really main supports, but I'm excited. I was not expecting a new map with that announcement, and then no. know, when they were hinting at it, I was like, wait a minute, is that... So, yeah, I'm excited that they're adding another Overwatch map. I, I do want them to add another World of Warcraft map, though, and I know we were talking about this, like, in the newsroom, but I feel like I should say it on the show, yes. too, just yes. to put it out there. Um, can we get Alex Straza versus Deathwing and do, like, a Twilight Highlands map? Because that would be Please. great. That, that's got to be the, like, I don't know, this felt like they could have made it a BlizzCon announcement, to be honest, yeah. which is like, what are they doing for BlizzCon? Which, if Something it's else? Deathwing, <laughs> if, if it is Deathwing, that'll be, that'll be Yeah, it will take the wing. It will like take I the said, do Deathwing course. versus Alex Straza and do like a Twilight Highlands map, like make a whole theme out of it. Come on. It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be like that key art for Cataclysm, the really cool one. You guys know what I'm talking about. The one that had like Deathwing and Alex, Stra- like the dragons facing off. Mm-hmm. They have, yeah, they have a big it. version of it on campus. I think it's still there. I don't know. It was a big mural that they had on their wall. Gorgeous piece of art. But yeah. I think that that would be really cool. So right. I think that's basically it for news. Yep. Because it's been a little slow this week. Oh, um, which... if you're listening to the to the podcast, like if you're listening to the stream right now, today's Pirates Day. It, oh, it's Yay. Pirates Day and there's a new PvP brawl. I think it's new. Uh, it's the Deepwind Gorge one. Maybe it's not new, but I'm Is playing it right Deepwind now. Deepwind Dunk? Yeah, that okay. one. I'm playing it right now. Okay. I've never played it before. Alrighty, well, at this point, we might as well move on to the emails. Uh, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com and put podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for this show. Um, Anne reads them for us, so take it away, Anne. Okay, first email is from Man- Mantra Sun, a human paladin who is also a proud supporter on Patreon. Thanks, Mantrasun. Who says, Hail, Vigilant Watchers... Oh my gosh, I'm just going to start that over again. He says, Hail, Vigilant Watchers of all things Blizzardy. Thank you. I managed to get that out. (laughs) Uh, He says, When the new casting animations landed, I found myself unexpectedly falling in love with the Shadow Priest, which leaves me (laughs) at a bit of a loss because I've never felt great about playing the quote-unquote darker classes. Death Knights, Warlocks, etc. My question is, since Shadow Priests draw their power from the Void, a force that makes them insane according to the game mechanics, why would a Shadow Priest fight for 
fight for the Legion, why shouldn't they just laugh maniacally and let the Legion have their way with the world so they can clear the way for the Void Lords? Additionally, is there any lore on how characters like Anduin can use both light and shadow magic without ostensibly going insane? Mandrasun. Yes, um, Anduin's not insane. So, I'm going to let you guys talk that out. Go ahead. Okay, well, there is, obviously, there's lore. First off, Disc Priests use both. Um, Disc is, in fact, supposed to be an entire thing about balancing light and shadow. Uh, so there's that. And Anduin definitely seems disky in terms of stuff he does, bubbles and so forth. Um, in terms of why your Shadow Priest would would fight the Legion, there's a few reasons. I mean, you might just be like Mitch, but assuming you actually <laughs> think, think about what you're doing, um, not all Shadow Priests are actually full-bore insane yet they're going insane what they're the power they're tapping is corrupting their minds but doesn't have to do it immediately um there's actually there's spoiler stuff for argus that if you do it will make you take a different look at how shadow works and how the void works but i'm not going to give you any spoilers now so i'll just say go do that but in terms of like why your shadow priest might fight the legion if you're dead and you know the the void lord you know the, the old gods may not be concerned about the legion you're not on their scale if the Legion kills you, you're dead. Yeah, you're dead, and it, then you don't get to do anything. Uh, it, it's even crazy people sometimes know how to do self-preservation. Um, in fact, we've often seen some people who do really insane things are still very careful to make sure they get, they get to stick around. So because they can't keep doing those things if they're dead, you know, it it comes down to that. The Legion will kill you. They want to kill you, and they definitely want to kill you if they if they found out you worked for the old gods. That that wouldn't they would not be nicer to you because of that. So, self preservation is one reason you might do it. I'm letting Mitch talk now. Yeah, well, I mean, Mitch, that's, you're the shadow that's, priest. Throw some stuff. I mean, that's out there. that's sort of along the lines, but like you're also you're more willing to toe. I don't know if toe the lines is the right word, but you're more willing to uh, play with that sort of you know. Whereas disc balances between like holy magic and shadow magic, shadow balances between sanity and insanity, like literally. Um, and you know, when you go insane, you're kind of staying that as long as you can, but you're still in control. The whole thing though, is that you are in control that time. Um, whereas, you know, some people who can't handle the void magic are not going to be able to stay in control. So that's one of the reasons we don't go insane is because we're just, we're strong enough and we've been, you know, in the dis, nah, I was going to say discipline, but you know, we've been studying it. We've been using it long enough to know that, to know how to wield it. There's also a thing where you, if you're using the if you do the um, shadow priest artifact quest when you get the artifact, um, there's somebody who has that knife before you, and the knife rejects him as being too weak. Yeah, like, that's, so if you're strong enough to be that guy at this point, if you're strong enough to be an endgame shadow priest, you're presumably strong enough that you're you can reject pure insanity. You can basically there's say a, there's a strength of will required. Yeah, and. and- I'm not saying we should trust the dagger. Like that's, you know, the dagger may be playing us right now, but as long as it's, you know, as long as I we're able to. I think the dagger is telling us the truth, which is far more disturbing to think about. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, Shadow, we're we're strong. We have the force of will. The way that I always look at it, as far as um, priests go, void and the light are two different ends of the same spectrum. It's the same thing. It's just two different sides to the same thing so um visual demonstration if you hold your hand out in front of you right now just hold it like parallel to the ground you'll notice that the top of your hand is light because it's lit from your monitor or your window or whatever you have (laughs) in front of you right it's lit it's lit fam it's lit fam (laughs) anyway um if you look at the lower half of your hand though or the half that isn't lit it's shadow both are present on your hand that priest is the hand both sides are part of that person it's just a matter of utilizing one or the other both are present because both void and light are like the two energies that made up the entire universe in the warcraft cosmos it was void and light colliding with each other that created the universe as we know it so that those two aspects are present in every single entity every single thing out there in the universe regardless of whether or not that entity recognizes the fact that void is there 
or that you light wouldn't is there. happen to know where you could point me to an article that discusses this at length, well, do you? Funny thing, you should mention that. Yeah, um, there was a Know Your Lore that I wrote yesterday, actually, that talks about the cycle of the Naru and also the cycle of the light and the void and how that works, how they play with each other. Because I yes. think one of the one of the interesting things that we do. Um, as players and in game like the characters in game do this too they assign like a moral designation to the light and to the void where they say everybody oh, well, judges the, me the light is good the light the light is obviously it's a good thing it's a benevolent force and the void it's a dark thing it's a malevolent force no these are the moral these are our moral standards that we're addressing to these things based on how they make us feel that's not what they are. They just are. They're just energy. It's just energy that exists. It makes us feel one way or another, so we assume that it is one thing or another, but it's actually the same thing. It's two sides of the same thing. So uh, Another way to put it is the way Elyria responds when she's asked how she can think to... Oh, no, I can't talk about that. Sorry. What? You can it's talk. kind of spoil. It's spoilers for the end of the new dungeon. The new dungeon or just the quest leading up to it? Quest leading up to it, Daniel. Okay, we can talk about that because that came out last week. All right. When Illyria is asked how she could possibly tap the power of shadow with Turalyon standing right there, being such a you know light guy, her response is, "There is no light. Without, there is no shadow without light." Yeah. Yeah. You can't two, have two forces, one without the other. Yeah. The, if you don't have shadows, then light is just. There's it's no unfair. light being cast anywhere if yeah. there's only shadow, and yeah. conversely. If you have light, shadow has to be there somewhere. So the two things, they're two sides of the same thing. They're, they're just forces of energy. They have no moral compass. There is no, it's just what we're assigning to them. So yeah, if you haven't read that, know your lore, you should go read that. Cause is, it was so, and <laughs> do you have another reason besides self-preservation why they would fight the Legion? I mean, like... Why they would outside, be fighting the Burning Legion? Shadow outside Priest? of self-preservation. Like, yeah. Well, they're fighting. It is self-preservation. It's all about self-preservation. I mean, but is there anything want, else, or is that pretty much it? People want to survive. Yes, that's it. Um, now, characters that are like full void or have been consumed by the void, like most of the NPCs in Makari, um, to a degree, well, yeah. Well, I don't the, know if the, all of them have been fully consumed, but well, the the void covered ones that look like the pale orcs from Draenor. You'll notice that those guys, they fight anybody that shows up, though. They don't care. Yeah, that's true. They aren't necessarily poised against the Burning Legion as they are poised against anything because they're so consumed with paranoia and all of those other negative emotions that the Void generally kind of brings out in a person that they will lash out at anything, anything and everything. Um, So that's, I, I don't really necessarily, I think that, Shadow priests are kind of a different thing because they're using. No, I, I meant I meant those are the ones that have been consumed entirely. Right, right. But I'm talking about you know there's a difference between a shadow priest and the void riddled creatures that we see in Makari. Right, the yeah. shadow priest is using void and the light as a tool without letting it consume them. The void riddled creatures over on Makari they've been consumed by the void to the point that they don't recognize anything anymore. So they just lash out at whatever. If it's a demon, they'll fight the demon. If it's a, if it's if it's a good guy, they don't care. They're gonna fight that too because they're all out to get them. As, as far that, as they're concerned, it, would that happen to a shadow priest who wasn't strong-willed enough to wield the void? Oh yeah, no, they'd go completely. Yeah. They they'd go yeah, completely so, mad. Okay. I mean, when you play through the shadow priest, I know Rossi had mentioned the NPC that had the dagger before you, where the dagger said, "Oh yeah, your will isn't strong enough." Yeah, that guy was he was in the process of being consumed entirely. The thing is, is like the dagger doesn't want somebody that's going to be completely consumed by the void because they're useless. They can't be directed to do anything. <laughs> yep. Love, <laughs> they need somebody who's. Naifu. Yeah, they need they need somebody that's strong enough to wield the dagger and wield the void, but also listen to it and have an understanding of what it is saying, the message that it is giving you. They want somebody that's smart, that's not going to let the void overtake them. Because the moment it overtakes them, they're useless. They're not a good tool anymore. They're just a thing. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm a great tool, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Shadow priests are giant tools, and I play one. So, <laughs> um, I fully agree with that. <laughs> Uh, I hope that answers your question, Mantrasan, or at least kind of clears it up a little bit. But we're going to move on to the next email here. This is from um, EJ, I guess. 
Yeah. yeah. We're going to call EJ, who says, hellos, everyone. When stuck, hellos. In traf- when stuck in traffic the other day, I had a thought. Given the prophecy that there is a champion of the light who will defeat the Legion and Illidan's refusal, rightly so, to lose his scars, and given how Light's Hope managed to talk to us in a language we understand, not just twinkly noises, any chance that we are now the champion? Hugs to all that want them. EJ. No. So, I've, I have I have heard a no. different theory that uh, Illyria and Teralian's kid is the, the whatever. Because, you know, Illyria, Void, what's his fate? Teralian, Light, and he's their child. Child of Light and Shadow. This is I've something that. that we have discussed on Lore Watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Which um, also came out yesterday, if you guys want to check that out. <laughs> we do honestly, stuff here at Blizzard Watch, and we're honestly, proud of it. I don't think it's us, and thank everything that it's not us. Because have you seen what happens when we do things? <laughs> we're pretty I don't... terrible about just leaving a path of destruction behind us. I have I mean I have left left a trail of devastation in my wake like the the likes of which no I don't I do not want to hear that the fate of the universe is in my hands. Luckily, the fate of the universe can certainly be in our hands in this like collective mortal sense, but don't put me in charge because I'm I am telling you no it's not a good idea no <clears throat> it is not. I'll us. take I charge. Know. I will gladly be the tool that leads this. That's even better. That's an even better example of why we don't want it to be a player. No. Mitch is a tool. He's already covered that. So okay, um, so so what about the the lore reasoning though behind EJ's question, like outside of we shouldn't be, like what about that theory has hold? I don't it? here's the thing, is I don't think that like you know, Zero obviously could talk to other people. It wasn't just us. Zero has been talking to the Army of the Light for countless years. Um when Terralian sees her, she talks to him and he talks to her. And clearly Alaria understands it. I think as prime Naru, Zira is just better at that kind of thing than most other Naru. But we've spoken to other Naru, and other Naru have spoken to other people. Even if we couldn't understand them, obviously Cadgar could understand them. It's never been a case where the Naru were completely unapproachable and no one could understand what they were saying. It just seems a long time, most of the time that they don't say anything. It's not that we can't understand them, it's that they don't say nothing. Um, very rarely do they seem to speak, uh, but definitely some people have understood them this whole time. Why did we understand them? Maybe the need was, the, the needs were too dire. They needed us to do something, so she was going to address us directly. Maybe just she's just better at it. I don't know, but I don't think it necessarily. I mean, Adal had a chit chat with us when we first showed up. Yeah, I don't think it's ever a case of you know just because we could understand what Zero was saying makes us the champion of light and darkness. For one thing, um, as far as I know. My character's mom and dad aren't like, you know, light and darkness in any symbolic or metaphorical way or actually either. Um, I, I, it's one of those weird things where the, the prophecy certainly could apply to multiple people. I'm still going with Ashara. I, I'm never going to let that one go. But <laughs> I'm still going with Arathor because I think that he needs like more stuff to do. He's I'm just not chilling on the Vindicar right now, not doing I anything. I choose me because I am a shadow priest. And... But you have no light. Well, that I mean, we just discussed how shadow can't exist without light. So technically, but you don't I mean, have it. Yeah. Um, but no, in all sincerity, though, I I just I don't think that was the intention when they came up with it. And I certainly, at no point did anybody seem particularly interested in me in this whole prophecy deal. Like that, it could just be that they're really bad at telling who they're actually prophesying, prophesizing. You know, but I don't know. We're I just basically don't a tool to be used to go find the chosen one or whatever. We're not the chosen one ourselves, which I actually kind of appreciate because I'm tired of being the chosen one and the champion and all of that. I would like my character, my character would like nothing more than to slip back into obscurity (laughs) or relative obscurity (laughs) and not be at the front lines of everything with every NPC ever going, hey, you're really powerful. Let's make you do this thing. No, can I just pass? See, the Just problem I have is that bad guy. <laughs> even, even if they don't prophesy me, I've got like a my my, my what do they call it? Your uh, CV. Um, my CV is pretty long and pretty scary at this point. Like, who do we get to stop this? Can we get that guy that killed the Lich King and Deathwing? Yeah, yeah, you know, he seems the one like that probably... uncovered Anixia in the throne room and helped Bolvar out. That person. Yeah, Can we get them. Give them a call. Yeah. For God's sake, I'm trying to retire. <laughs> 
That's like seriously, one of my one of my warriors was literally just parked on Draenor, and I swore he was up and down. He was retired. Right now, he's currently on the the island of bad things because I was <laughs> I was farming the shoulders. But, uh, you know, he'll be going back to Draenor again. He's like, I, I know, I don't want to be involved. I don't want to level up. I don't want your artifact. I'm done. I'm retired. You've got four other warriors at t- at one ten. That's fine. You leave me out of this. <laughs> I'm too old for this. Okay, so our next email is from Barack Obama. <laughs> Bear. Bear. Barack Obama, who is Miss Weaver Monk on Darkspear and has the best name ever, uh, who says, Greetings. I've noticed that some of your lore answers refer to particular quests. For example, Rossi had said before, when you do this quest in this place, you find out. This makes me really want to dig into the text of zone quests. But I like to bounce between different areas, and I'm also an altaholic, and I don't want to play one class in a deep dive through all the zones and expansions. So, I'm thinking I'll quote-unquote leave an alt in each expansion zone to do everything there, but I want to choose one that will get the best class-specific lore quest there. So, for example, maybe leave my Destro Warlock Bernie Sanders on the Broken Shore, <laughs> my Marksman Hunter Ronald Reagan on Draenor... <laughs> Thanks for everything, Bear. Okay, Bear. We need to talk about your choice of names because it's excellent. <laughs> but beyond that, uh, I don't know. I think that Blizzard has done a pretty good job of, as far as like zone quests and things go, zones aren't really skewed to a particular class over another. Very yeah. rarely. It's it's extremely rarely that there's a class-specific quest in a zone. Yeah. And if, if it is, it tends to be like your class order hall, mm-hmm. which sends you there anyway separately. So you don't need to be... Like, there's hunter quests that send you out to, to like find Rexar and stuff, but those quests will send you to Rexar whether or not you even do the zone. Yeah. I mean, um, Makari has, like, Shadow Priest lore or, like, background information, but it's... I mean, it's not really geared towards shadow it's just like the zone involves a lot of the void and kind of you know gives you some insight um yeah i mean class specific zones it's more just the order hall quests kind of cover that stuff i think that more than class specific certain zones are more race specific like draenor draenor you would want to play like an orc or a draenei because either one of those Everything in the area is really relevant to those particular th- those particular races because they're you know they're prevalent in that area. But you can still do the you can still do the quests for those zones on on characters of other races, and you won't really miss anything. You won't. It miss just anything. resonates more. Yeah, you'll yeah. just have kind of more meaning if you've got one of those characters, or you know if you're doing stuff in Northern Kalimdor, put a night elf up there because a lot of the stuff that's up there is very. Heavy, heavily night elf related stuff in the barrens that's more horde related so you could take any of the horde races but in particular I mean Torin Thunderbluff is situated right in the middle in the heart of all of that so that might be a good character to go with that kind of thing but Valshara is like druidy Valshara is very druid again very, anyone can do it very druid oriented but anybody could do it um, I think as far as like zones in legion go I don't I don't know if any one zone is particularly skewed to any one class over another, with the exception of Valshara, which is very druid-oriented. Yeah, if you're playing a druid, you use your uh, class order hall's right there. Uh, even if you don't do the order hall stuff, I mean, it's it's you know Cenarius and Ysera and yeah. Malfurion. It, it's just, Malfurion. it's very druidy. And I mean, so whereas, High Mountain is very Torin-related because these are Torin descendants. Well, I you could argue that Stormheim could be kind of warriory because the halls of valor entrance points right there it's warrior and it's also kind of human related too because you've got all the rykul running around yeah and and the humans are you know descendants of the rykul so it's kind of like looking into uh, your legacy type thing yeah but that's also the big forsaken you know gilnean zone and right. obviously suramar is elf central so yeah but again like all of these can be done on on other the characters. same character but if you know if you're you get tired of playing the same character through a zone or whatever, and you want to kind of tailor your character to the zone, that, you know, should give you a starting point. I would definitely say if you're a Blood Elf or a Night Elf, Suramar is a good zone to do. Um, yeah. You get a lot out of it, even just, just for when you go and talk to the various groups that are all assembled there, and they're snarking so hard at each other. They're not, it's, oh, not just, yeah. it's not purely Horde and Alliance, either. The High Elves are snarking at the, you know, the High Elves who showed up. 
yeah, shark there's at the, the one night quest. elves. There's the one quest where you have to like say like fake insults to people or something, and one no, of them. No, you is, have like, to stop it. You have, you have to, to actually you have to stop. stop you have to stop it. Yeah. But yeah, the insults. One of them is like, you know, aren't you descended from trolls or something? I don't know. The the fun the insults are really funny in that quest, but they yeah, kind of tie back to racial insults. If, if you're alliance or horde, you have to basically do it either way. You have to go and like stop the groups from you know insulting each other, and it's it's funny. It's an interesting. Look, look. If, I also think Azuna is really a good re- is rewarding if you're playing an elf. And not ju- again, not just Night Elf because it goes back to before the the whole shattering. It's and before everything. they all split. So these are yeah. these are your descendants of all of the all of the present day elves are descendants of these original. People. Are there are there any zones like old expansions? Because you know this person was talking lore in general across the whole thing. Are there any other like old expansion zones that fit? Stranglethorn anything? is pretty good for a troll because you're basically in the place that you got kicked out of. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a certain amount of feeling to that. Um, I honestly feel like if you go to Burning Crusade zones and you're playing a, a new Horde orc, there's a lot there because that's this is the place you came from and it's the place you like fled. There's so, a lot there, yeah, because the whole introduction of the Maghar is pretty cool. Um, I think if you're playing Forsaken, just the Forsaken zones like the Plaguelands, Lordaeron, you know that area, everything there, Silver Pine. All of that kind of gives you a good look into the Forsaken. It's more current lore than it is past lore, but the past lore is there, kind of in bits and pieces scattered all over the place. And um, current lore is still like you know, Cataclysm Age, which is... Yeah, it's Cataclysm stuff, but it's still relevant. It's still pretty relevant. Oh, yeah, no, you it's still relevant. get a feel for your character. Yeah. I think, I mean, they did a pretty good job, I think, with most of the races where... You start off in your racial zone, and as you're leveling through that area, because I know most of these places, they got revamps in Cataclysm, but they did a really good job of making every place really distinct, and you get a real yeah. good feel for the race um, while you're going through it. And then, you know, the the zones that are directly surrounding that spot where you come from are also going to be directly related to everything Except that's going on. Skip Arathi Islands. Yeah, don't bother with Arathi Islands, because <laughs> it's kind of boring. Sorry. Sorry to whoever worked on that. You should have done more. <laughs> I shouldn't sorry, say that but, either because they sorry, ran out of time. I know they just ran out of time and that's that's all it was was they just ran out of time and they couldn't give it quite the revamp. But I still want to see a return of Strom, please and thank you. Anyway, um, I don't know if that answers your question directly, Bear, but we kind of went over some possibilities. I don't think it's really necessary to play through a zone as a specific character though because like I said... It's it's rare that you'll see dialogue change or quest text change or anything like that in any kind of meaningful fashion just based on what class you're playing. I mean, it's more if, like if you're a hardcore role player, not even hardcore, but if you'd like to role play, then maybe, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to skip down to the last question here because it's actually an interesting one and we're running low on time and I really want to address this one because it's cool. We've got stuff to talk about. Uh, this is from Lom Shank on Warm Rest Accord, who says, Hello, Watchers. The Vindicar system of traveling across zones and working on progression for your spaceship makes me think that this is a trial for something to come next expansion. With the theory crafting and hints that a sea-based expansion may be next, do you think Blizzard is using the Vindicar as a test run for a sea-based ship next expansion? Thanks, Lom Shank. What do you guys think? I've been thinking about whether or not the Vindicar means something for a while because I also feel that way about other stuff they've put in like the rifts yeah. and the yeah. other worlds you go to there's the one world in particular you go to that's like a weird foresty place oh yeah like it doesn't it doesn't exactly use pre-existing assets like some of the zones have yeah it's 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 a forest and it's not that different from other forests we've seen but at the same time it is different from other forests we've seen. It's it not kind of like. Are you talking about the one that looks kind of like the the forest space that you can go to in um, that dungeon? Maybe because mm-hmm. I don't know what that dungeon is. Oh, uh, halls of valor. Halls of valor. Yeah, okay. it's a little kind of like that. It looks it like looks the wolf forest a little bit, only way more looks, spread out. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like the Pacific Northwest, a like bit, with the very yeah. tall, foggy I was, trees. I was thinking Grizzly Hills. Yeah, well, that it's somewhere between Grizzly Hills and that spot that's in Halls of Valor, where it's but it's like a little more sprawling, where there's the open clearing. And is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, because it's the one. It's okay. the one that's not swampy. 
there's okay. a swampy one, but it's not. That's not the one I'm talking about. The okay, one that's got I know like which an one action you're talking force. about. There's there's that one, and then there's the swampy one for that matter, which is also different. It's it, again, it's familiar assets, but yeah. not entirely the same. The one and with even the floating the, even islands the... off to the side is the one I really like. I um, love but... the floating island one with the time bubbles. Yes, that's yeah, that's the exact that one's one. beautiful. Yeah, that one's so cool. But, and okay. that's what gets go me ahead, thinking. Rossi. Those zones are what gets me thinking. You know, you have the Vindicar where you can, like go like as you go from place to place, you unlock a teleporter, and it's effectively like flight points, but it's instant. Uh, you've got the Vindicar itself, which moves from zone to zone, which I think is great. I love that the Vindicar goes to like when you go to Macari, the Vindicar goes to Macari. Like you're not if you teleport to a place in Macari, the Vindicar is in Macari. You're there, um, and I like that about it. And I do think that the idea that this could be used as a ship-based system where instead of having a capital city, you'd have this base ship. And effectively, it's like it takes what I didn't like about the uh, garrison, that it was stuck in, in Shadow Moon or Frostfire, and it gets yeah. rid of it. Yeah. Because now it, it goes to wherever you go. And it's very deliberately doesn't have too much in it, which I like. The Vindicar is not a place that I need, that I can do all my stuff in, uh, but I can use it as a home base. And it's got a Four portal back to Dalaran, so you can get stuff done. Yeah, uh, I, I really do find it. It's a good step. I think that if they if they iterate on this for the next expansion, uh, if they make it a little bit more fluid, then it could be a really good thing to do. Like basically taking the equivalent of your class order hall and making it mobile, so you can go from place to place, and you, it goes with you. So you're not really like the thing I hated about the garrison was that it was always the same place in the same place. Whereas when you're in the Vindicar and you teleport to the next, you go from, say, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the one that's not the starting zone. Antorn Wastes. Yeah, if you go to the Antorn Wastes, the view outside the portal, like the portal, you've got a, like a basically a big screen up front. The view changes because you're in a different place. You go to Mockery, the view changes. I love that. I would love to, to see that again in some fashion. It doesn't need to be a water-based ship but I wouldn't mind it on a water-based ship. But if it was an actual flying ship or a star, like the Vindicar, but going to the world. It could be a fleet of ships that are like connected with like bridges. Yeah. If you're going for a full on capital city, but yeah, basically the point being, if it moves around, that would be pretty cool. I would like that. And I would like it also, if we actually possibly were seeing places we might end up with these, uh, with the rifts, like I would like it if we, you know, did us, if they finally did the expansion where you go from world to world, that'd be pretty cool. I would like that. Do do I think the Vindicar is testing specifically for a sea-based expansion? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But I do think it's technology that we're going to see at some point somewhere. I mean, that's that's kind of Blizzard's mo. But it it seems too nice, and for all the reasons Rossi described, um, to just kind of abandon. It's very polished. Yeah, and it's also new. We haven't seen anything quite like that before. So usually what happens is when we see something like that introduced, you know, mid-expansion, late-expansion, it carries over. Because they always carry over bits of old stuff and they carry it forward into the new thing and then they kind of, like, reutilize it for something else. Um, are we going to yeah, see I mean, it used again as a spaceship? I, I don't know. I think they might utilize it in a different way, but maybe the same kind of thing, same concept. Yeah, I definitely think that the iterative design thing, it, it, it definitely all feels like you can trace a line between garrisons to class order halls to the Vindicar yeah. in terms of how, what they do and the role they perform. But the Vindicar is the, the first one that doesn't in any way, shape or form trivialize going places. Like it doesn't, you know, the garrison trivialized going out. There was no point to it. You could do anything you wanted to do in the, in the garrison. The class order hall kind of was better, but you still had to go back constantly with the Vindicar. You can do stuff there, or, but you definitely will be leaving it. You will not be staying there. It's a mobile base of operations instead of yeah. just being a stationary one. The, yeah. Honestly, the Vindicar is what I thought we would be getting in Legion. Like uh, when they talked about, you know, garrisons aren't sticking around, but, you know, we're going to iterate on them or whatever. I was expecting mobile garrisons. Um, uh, we got order halls instead, which I have no problem with. But, you know, combine those two ideas and it, yeah, it's, there's definitely, I, I hope they reuse it in some capacity. I don't, again, I don't know if it's going to be for a South Seas slash ship-based expansion, but whatever they do use it for, I hope they use it. Okay, one last question before we wrap it up, because we are at the end of the show here. Would you guys rather see spaceships or sea ships? Sea ships. Spaceships. 
<laughs> Split right down the middle. I don't care either way. I just think having a mobile base of operations is pretty cool. And it's a lot more convenient than the Yak, although the Yak is tremendously convenient for some Or things. an underground tunneling thing. Ooh. Dark Iron Remote. But but way big, like a football field size dark, you know. Oh, God. And a series of them going from place to place underground. I'm having flashbacks to Dragon Age Origins, and I'm kind of hating life at the moment. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Think of it much more as Dragon Age Inquisition, the uh, the, the underground one. That yeah. was pretty good. That wasn't yeah. bad. But it was all deep no, roads. No. The deep Orgrimmar... road stuff, I'm just like, no, I don't want any deep roads in my World of Warcraft, please. Yeah, Orzammar definitely wasn't good. <sighs> I remember when I got to Orzammar and it was like, oh God, is this ever going to end? Yeah. Orzammar or Orgrimmar? Orzammar. It was, the, the worst part was the dwarves are in a city that sounded like Orgrimmar if you, if you slurred it. They're in Orzammar. It's, a, it's yeah. a city. It's a rock city, underground. Gotcha. It's basically Ironforge if you stuck it deeper and made it, made it very hard to well, use. If you put it completely underground instead of in the mountain, like it's completely underground. <sighs> so on that note, that's going to wrap us up for emails and wrap us up for the show. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your questions answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, again, guys, if you have an email for the show, send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with either podcast or blizzardwatch in the subject line so we know it's for us. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch Podcast. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll be here next week. 